اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم لا یکلف اللہ نفساً الا وسحا لہا ما کسبت و علیہ مکتسبت ربنا لا تواخذنا ان نسینا او اختانا ربنا ولا تحمل علینا اسرن کما حملته وللذین من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقت لنا بی وافنا وغفرنا ورحمنا انت مولانا فنسرنا على القوم الكافرین Allah burdens not any soul beyond its capacity. It shall have the reward it earns and it shall get the punishment it incurs. Our Lord, do not punish us if we forget or fall into error. Our Lord, lay not on us a responsibility as you did lay upon those before us. Our Lord, burden us not with what we do not have the strength to bear and efface our sins and grant us forgiveness and have mercy on us. You are our master, so help us against the disbelieving people. Continuing, as we were discussing yesterday, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih Rabi Rahimahullah explained that the word taqat here refers to the strength that a person has within their capacity. So when Allah Ta'ala has said in the beginning of this verse that Allah Ta'ala does not burden any soul beyond its capacity, then naturally it would seem redundant if we were to pray that, O oh Allah Almighty, do not burden us beyond our capacity. But we are not making that prayer. We are saying that, O oh Allah, do not burden us beyond our strength. So we are saying that, Rabbana la tuhammilna ma la taqatalana bi. So here we pray that despite having begin, being given the capacity to do something, our strength is not according to our capacity. So may Allah Almighty be forgiving to us and not burden us beyond our uh, strength according to what our capacity ought to be. So this is a prayer for the mercy of Allah Almighty. Allah Ta'ala has already promised us that He is not a wrong, He is not a tyrant, He is not going to burden us beyond our capacity. But here it is a prayer for the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, that we have fallen short of our capacity and knowing what our strength is, have mercy on us and keep those weaknesses in mind and do not burden us beyond the strength that we have and the loss in our capacities that we have suffered. So this is a prayer that can be observed individually but also it can be observed as a jamaat as well because it is used in the plural sense. It is not first person singular, it is first person plural. So when we observe this on behalf of our jamaat, on behalf of our group, then we think and we reflect on ourselves that what is the taqat of our jamaat. Of course our jamaat has an istitaat, but to what extent have we squandered that istitaat and what is the taqat that we have left? And then we pray for Allah Ta'ala's mercy that do not burden us as a community beyond that taqat that we presently have. <clears throat> then Allah Ta'ala teaches us to pray that warhamna. And this is a prayer that we very often hear, many of us may have it memorized. And also it's recited in congregational prayers from time to time. Huzura Yadda'u Ta'ala bin Asril Aziz recites this at least once a week in his congregational prayers. And also this, these verses are given special importance in the ahadith of the Holy Prophet wasallam as well. It is no coincidence that it is emphasized. It is because from the beginning, from the very time of the Holy Prophet wasallam. So anytime we learn commentary on those verses of the Holy Quran that we hear and that we recite regularly, then those points of commentary can be beneficial for us. In commentary of Wafu Anna, Hazrat Muslim Audrey one who explains, that اے خدا ہم سے افف کر 
یہ نسینہ کے مقابلہ میں ہے یعنی جو کام ہمیں کرنے چاہیے تھے چونکہ ہم نے نہیں کیے اس لیے ہمیں تو معاف فرما دے جو غلط کام ہم کر چکے ہیں ان کے خمیازہ سے ہمیں بچا لے اور ان کاموں کو نہ کیے کی طرح کر دے Azur explains that ghafara has to do with the khata that we may have done. As we went over before yesterday, nisyan is to fail to do something. Khata is to do something incorrectly. So for our nisyan, we pray that Allah Ta'ala have afuv upon us. And for our khata, do have maghfirat upon us. Azur explains that afuv ke maane rahim ke bhi hote hain. Or jo cheez kisi ansaan se reh jai, uska izala isi tarah ho sakta hai ki wo muhaiya kar di jai. Is liye waafu anna ke ye bhi maane hai. کہ جو چیز رہ گئی ہے اس کو تو اپنے فضل و رحم سے ہمیں مہیا فرما دے حضور ایکسپلینس دیٹ ان دا میننگ آف افو از آلسو اے میننگ آف مرسی اٹ از در دس سڈلٹی از فاؤنڈ ان در دیٹ از فرگیونس اینڈ مرسی دیٹ وی آر آسکنگ فار اینڈ ون اے پرسن نگلیکٹس ٹو ڈو سم تھنگ اینڈ ای فیلس ٹو ڈو سم تھنگ سمپل فرگیونس از ناٹ انف بٹ دیٹ گیپ اور دیٹ ویکیوم ہیز ٹو بی فیلڈ اینڈ سو وی پرے دیٹ او اللہ forgiveness in a way that you fill that gap for us you have mercy on us and that failure to act that and that um, that that failure that was left empty may it be filled by your mercy azur explains in iske muqabla mein jo kaam galat ho jaye uski durasti isi tarah ho sakti hai ki usko mita diya jaye chunanchi akhtana ke muqabla mein ighfir la rakh diya aur ghafra ke maane arbi zuban mein mita dene ke hi hote hain بس اس کے معنی یہ ہیں کہ اے خدا جو کام ہم غلط طور پر کر چکے ہیں ان کو مٹا دے اور انہیں نہ کیے کی طرح کر دے حضور ایکسپلینس دیٹ ون اے پرسن ڈز سم تھنگ رانگ دین ای کین اونلی بی کریکٹیڈ ون دا نیگیٹو افیکٹس آف دیٹ رانگ ایکشن آر وائپڈ آؤٹ اینڈ دس از وٹ غفرا مینس دیٹ دا نیگیٹو کانسیکوینسز آف آر ایکشنز بی کمپلیٹلی وائپڈ آؤٹ اینڈ دس از وائی غفرا از پلیسڈ ایز اے پریئر دیٹ کمز آفٹر اختانہ So when we pray to Allah Almighty earlier and we reflected on those points, that Rabbana, um, la tu'akhizna inna sina o akhtana, that our Lord do not seize us if we fail to act or if we act in the wrong way. And Allah Ta'ala has also given us the specific prayers to offer for those wrongs to be corrected. It is not just that we not be seized for it, that we not be punished for it, but also the harm that was done that it be corrected and this is what is addressed in the words that we later say of wafu anna wa ghfir lana then zur goes on to play goes on to say that pas iske maane ye hai ki ay khuda jo kaam hum galat taur par kar chuke hain unko mita de aur unhe na kiye ki tarah kar de goya ek taraf to ye keh diya ki jo kaam humne nahi kiya aur is tarah rakhna waqe ho gaya hai us rakhna ko tu apne fazl se pur kar de aur dusri taraf ye keh diya کہ جو کام ہم غلط طور پر کر چکے ہیں ان کو تو مٹا دے سو وی سی دیٹ دیٹ تھنگ دیٹ وی ہیو لیفٹ اینڈ دیر از این ایمٹینس لیفٹ دیئر فل اٹ ود یور مرسی اینڈ یور فرگیونس اینڈ دوز دیٹ وی ہیو ڈن ان کریکٹلی دین ڈو وائپ آؤٹ دا نیگیٹو کانسیکوینسز آف اٹ ور ہم نہ پھر اس کام کے نتیجے میں ہم سے جو اور غلطیاں ہوئی ہیں اور جن ترقیات کے حصول میں روک واقع ہو گئی ہے ان غلطیوں کے متعلق بھی ہم پر رحم فرما اور ہماری ترقیات کے راستہ میں جو روکیں حائل ہو گئی ہیں ان کو اپنے فضل سے دور کر دے ون وی پرائی فار اللہ مائریز رحم اینڈ مرسی وی پرائی دیٹ 
those obstacles that have been created in our progress by our own mistakes, and that potential that we have been deprived of, that out of His mercy, may Allah Almighty uh, grant us those progresses and those advancements, and may those obstacles be removed from our path. So this is just a commentary of some points that we can reflect on when we observe this prayer. Because when we observe it, then of course we want to observe it in a mindful way, in a way that attracts the mercy of Allah Almighty. So when we observe this last verse of Surah Al-Baqarah, which is here for the purpose of tazkiyah nafs then when we keep these points in mind, then that prayer can be more meaningful when we offer it. And after that we say, Anta Mawlana, that you are our Lord. In commentary, Hazrat Muslim who reminded us of a very significant historical event that is connected with this, of Mawla. He says, A hadith mein aata hai ki Uhud mein jab Abu Sufyan ne bade zor se kaha, کہ he says that in a hadith it is found in, in the battle of Uhud, when the Muslims had suffered a setback, then Abu Sufyan announced that for us is Uzza, the idol of Uzza, and you have no Uzza to support you. On this the Prophet ﷺ commanded the Muslims to announce and to respond even in that state of weakness that they were in at that moment, that lana mawla wa la mawla lakum, that for us is our mawla, our friend, and for you, you have no friend and no guardian. This is a practical tafsir and an application of the words anta maulana that we say in this verse. And it shows that even in uh, the shade of swords, even when the Muslims were standing under swords and their life was at threat, and even then they said with full certainty that Allah Almighty can certainly save us. So when we say these words that anta maulana fansurna alal qawmil kafirin, that you are our guardian and our master and our helper. So help us against the disbelieving people. Then there is one perspective that we have in whatever situation or context we happen to stand before Allah Ta'ala in that moment, in that namaz. But then there is another context that we should keep in mind, which is the context in which the Holy Prophet had this announcement made. That when the Muslims had suffered a huge setback, there were 3,000 Muslims, 3,000 disbelievers that were fighting against 700 Muslims. And those 700 Muslims in the chaos had been divided into three groups. One group had left and gone back to Medina. Another group had gone to a separate part of the battlefield thinking that the battle had been lost. And there was one small group that was left on the mountain of Uhud with the Holy Prophet in that precarious state with only a few of his companions, perhaps a few dozen, perhaps a few hundred, when the disbelievers started glorifying their idol. Then the Prophet ﷺ had the Muslims announce these words at that time, that Allahu Mawlana, that Allah is our Lord and Lana Mawla, that we have a guardian and you have no guardian. So when we observe this prayer that Anta Mawlana, then we can keep that point and that tafsir in mind as well. So with these points we end the daris of Surah Al-Baqarah. I'm not sure um, which verse we were on when we started this last year, but in, in any case, the um, tafsir of Surah Al-Baqarah has ended. So with the ending of this uh, chapter, I'll just um, go over one point on a summary of, this, of the subject matter of this chapter. 
And Hazrat Muslim explains how it was Allah Ta'ala who revealed to him the way in which the subjects and the different topics of this chapter are connected together. So when we finish the chapter, although we've gone over so many different subjects, and Surah Al-Baqarah at times can seem to be vast, and its subject can be so different that it's very difficult to keep it in mind as to what exactly the, this chapter was about and which subjects it addresses. So here there is a point that Hazur explains. He says that tafsil is ijmal ki ye hai ke satay saal ka arsa guzra ke mein chand doston ko Qur'an-e Kareem parha raha tha Surah Bakra ka dars tha jab mein is ayat par pohuncha ke Rabbana wab'ath fihim rasoola minhum yatlu alayhim ayati ka wa yuallimuhum al-kitaba wal-hikmah wa yuzakihim inna ka anta al-azizul hakim to yaktam mere dil par ilka hua ke ye ayat is surah ke mazameen ki kunji hai اور اس سورہ کے مضامین اس آیت کے مضامین کے مطابق اور اسی ترتیب سے بیان ہوئے ہیں میں نے جب اس علم سے فائدہ اٹھا کر سورہ بکرہ کا مطالعہ کیا تو میری حیرت کی کوئی حد نہ رہی کیونکہ سورہ بکرہ کو, کو میں نے نہ صرف اس آیت کے مضامین کے مطابق پایا بلکہ اس کے مضامین باوجود مختلف قسم کے ہونے کے میرے ذہن میں ایسے مستحضر ہو گئے کہ مجھے یوں معلوم ہوا کہ گویا اس کے مضامین موتیوں کی لڑی کی طرح پروئے ہوئے ہیں ہی سیز دیٹ یہ ڈیکیڈز اگو وین آئی واز گیونگ درس ٹو سم فرینڈس آف سورت البقرا اینڈ آئی کھیم اکراس دس ورس ویئر ان اللہ میری ٹیلز اس دا پریئر آف حضرت ابراہیم علیہ السلام ہی پریڈ دیٹ مائی لارڈ ریز امنگ دیم اے میسنجر فرام امنگ دیم ہو ول ریسائڈ ٹو یو یور سائنس اینڈ ول ٹیچ دیم دا بک اینڈ اٹس وزڈم اینڈ ہی ول پیوریفائی دیم شیئرلی یو آر دا مائڈی اینڈ دا وائز So it was revealed to me at that time that this verse is the key to the tafsir of Surah Al-Baqarah. And Hazur says that when I reflected on this, then I saw that the entirety of Surah Al-Baqarah is organized according to the points described in this verse. And at that time, although the verses and the subjects of Surah Al-Baqarah cover so many different subjects, but those points came before me in perfect consistency and as if they were pearls that were on a string and everything was, uh, was there in its beauty before me. So Huzur goes on to explain how it is that Surah Al-Baqarah goes over all four of these points. And this is the way in which its subject matter is organized. First, what is described in this verse is yatlu alayhim ayatika, that a messenger who will recite the signs of Allah Almighty to the believers. So we see in the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah Allah Almighty describes the signs of what makes a believer distinct. And distinct from the kuffar and the munafikeen, this is what the first 17 verses of Surah Al-Baqarah are about. In fact, going a few verses beyond that, also the signs of believers and disbelievers are described so that one may know what the distinction of all these categories of people are. Then after that, among the ayat of Allah Ta'ala, we see that the stories of different prophets are told. So that the ayat of Allah Ta'ala and how they descended in the past can be shown in principle. That this is how the signs of Allah Ta'ala descend through the prophets of Allah Ta'ala and are revealed to people. So after these stories of prophets of Allah Ta'ala that are told, then comes general subject matter of yuallimuhumul kitaba. That the different and various teachings, the commandments of the Sharia are described. And there is a section of Surah Al-Baqarah where many different teachings, many different commandments are given. They have to do with all sorts of different subjects, whether it has to do with inheritance or finances or one thing or the other. There, there are so many different subjects that are described. 
And they all come under the category of yuallimuhumul kitab. And then also wal hikmah. Along with these and after these, there is an emphasis on the wisdom of those teachings. The, uh, the, 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 the tafsir and the wisdom and the reason why we should be convinced of following those teachings is described. So there is one part of Surah Al-Baqarah that emphasizes the rules and regulations, the sharia. And then after that comes a greater emphasis on the explanation of the wisdom of those verses. And then finally is yuzakihim. And there Huzur describes that towards the end of Surah Al-Baqarah, this is emphasized, and particularly in the last ruku of Surah Al-Baqarah, this is yuzakihim, that this ruku is here for the purification of our hearts. And this is also why we recite it with such frequency, because the purpose of this ruku is that after having the signs of Allah Ta'ala recited to us, after being taught the commandments of Allah Ta'ala and the uh, teachings, after having the wisdom explained to us, then comes the tazkiyah nafs and the purification of the heart. So this is the way in which the subject matter of Surah Al-Baqarah is organized. And if we recite Surah Al-Baqarah and reflect on its meanings with this table of contents in mind, then it will become much easier to understand. So these are the four points in the table of contents of Surah Al-Baqarah that Allah Ta'ala revealed in this verse of the Holy Quran as a tafsir of this verse to Hazrat Muslim Now, one additional point um, that we um, can go over in this regard is that this prayer of Hazrat Ibrahim salam, it was in one order but when it was fulfilled it was fulfilled in a different order but it doesn't mean that this prayer in its order does not carry wisdom both of them carry wisdom in Surah Al-Jumu'ah Allah Ta'ala says that huwa allazi ba'atha fil ummiyyina rasulam minhum yatlu alayhim ayatihi wa yuzakkihim wa yuallimuhum al-kitaba wal-hikmah that he it is who has raised among the unlettered people a messenger from among themselves. And the order there is given that first, yatlu alayhim ayatihi, that he will recite to them the signs. But then rather than tazkiyah be at the end, it is put second, him, and that he may purify them, and that he may teach them the book and the wisdom. So this is the order that is given in Surah Al-Jumu'ah and this is the way in which the Holy Prophet his, his uh, message and his ministry played out. But in the Dua of Hazrat Ibrahim Tazkiyah is not put second. It is first teaching the ayat of Allah Ta'ala, uh, reciting the ayat of Allah Ta'ala and the signs. Then it is the commandments, then the wisdom, and then finally Tazkiyah that comes. Now when Hazrat Ibrahim offered the prayer, Allah Ta'ala accepted the prayer in a different way. But Allah Ta'ala still preserved the prayer of Hazrat Ibrahim and it has its own wisdom and it has its own place. What seems to be the fact or the reality is that when a prophet of God comes, then there is a way in which his message manifests in his own presence, in the kuwwat qudsi of his own spiritual presence that is the manifestation of, his, of, the, of the will of Allah Ta'ala among the Sahaba of a prophet of God. And then those who come afterwards who do not, who do not live in the presence of that Prophet of God, who are not Sahaba, who are in our category. For them, the will of Allah Ta'ala manifests itself in a different way, which is according to this prayer of Hazrat Ibrahim So when Allah Ta'ala describes the coming of the Holy Prophet wasallam, it says that that Prophet of God comes to recite the signs of Allah Ta'ala to the believers. And the believers who witness those signs, they witness it firsthand. They are not being told about it. It is not being recited to them as things that happened in the past. It is not there to inspire them as stories or as events. But they witness it before them. They see it happening in the life of that Prophet of Allah. They see it happening in their lives. And with the Quwwat Qudsi of that Prophet of Allah Almighty, it has a completely different effect. 
So with the coming of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, when he did yatlu alayhim ayatihi, when he recited to them and showed them the signs of Allah Almighty, then the direct consequence of it was yuzakihim, that then the direct purification happens as a result of those signs being shown to them. And then after their purification, then automatically those sahaba, they learned the commandments of Allah Ta'ala in their wisdom. So the commandments of Allah Ta'ala and the wisdom comes after the tazkiyah. And this is the nature and the special character of sahaba of a prophet of God. And also those who are able to enjoy the direct company of the naibin of a prophet of God, which is khulafa, which is that they learn the commandments and the wisdom, but it happens as a result of the blessings of the company of that prophet of God and that khalifa. Because that company in and of itself is a sign from the ayat of Allah Ta'ala which results in the tazkiyah nafs of those individuals. And then a person whose tazkiyah happens and who witnesses those signs, one way or the other they learn from that company the commandments of Allah Ta'ala. They learn the commandments of the sharia and their wisdom as well. So this is the way in which the will of Allah Ta'ala manifests itself through the direct presence of a prophet of God or a khalifa. But those who are not able to enjoy that direct a company are not able to be the Sahaba and from a direct perspective. Then the will of Allah Ta'ala manifests itself according to this verse of the Holy Quran and according to this prayer of Hazrat Ibrahim salam. And when a person attains nearness of Allah Ta'ala through reading Surah Al-Baqarah and through reading the Holy Quran, then this is how it manifests itself. First, the signs of Allah Ta'ala are recited and a person is inspired by those signs that in the previous prophets of God, this is the way that Allah Ta'ala showed His love to them. Then after they read about and are inspired by those signs, then they learn the commandments of Allah Ta'ala so that then they can earn the pleasure of Allah Almighty. They wish to walk on that path that those prophets of God walked on before. And they wish to conform their lives and their behavior according to the Sharia. And so by seeing the signs of Allah Ta'ala in previous people, they want to mimic those people and become a living uh, manifestation of that person in this age and in their own life. So then they learn the commandments of Allah Ta'ala and their wisdom and they make it a part of their lives and they make that change within themselves and then as a result of all of these things of having become good Muslims, of having conformed to the Sharia, of having seeking the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala being inspired by the signs, learning the commandments, acting on the commandments acting with them with enthusiasm because they understand its wisdom then tazkiyah nafs automatically results from that and tazkiyah nafs happens as a result of being a good Muslim as a result of following the commandments of the Holy Qur'an. So this is the benefit that Surah Al-Baqarah gives and this is why the Holy Qur'an is a living book until the end of time. Even if there is no prophet of God at that time, even if there is no khalifa, even if a person is not able to find a waliullah or someone to be his shaykh or his whatever we want to call it, someone to be that person's murshid, um, but he will be able to find guidance in the Holy Qur'an he will be able to find guidance in the book that has been provided and he will not be deprived of tazkiyah nafs so this is the way in which tazkiyah nafs happens when a person learns it through a book that first the signs of Allah Ta'ala, then the kitab, then the hikmah and then tazkiyah but if a person is able to find a person, of, uh, an imam from Allah Almighty, a prophet of God or a khalifa or whoever it is, a mujaddid, a person, whatever that case is then the way that Allah Ta'ala purifies that person and the way that person progresses is through the seeing and the witnessing of the signs of Allah Ta'ala firsthand and then tazkiyah happens and then he learns the uh, ayat of the book and the hikmah and that, and, that, and that follows after that and this is the way that Allah Ta'ala's wisdom manifests itself so both of these things are available to us and both of these things are ones that we should mindful, be mindful of 
when it comes to the manifestation of the direct will of Allah Ta'ala, we should never deprive ourselves of that. There is a reason why there is a benefit and there is a blessing by developing a direct contact and relationship with the Khalifa of the time, of enjoying his company, of trying and striving to be as close to the Khalifa as we can. And a person who fails to do this and squanders that opportunity despite it being there, then he is deprived of this way in which Allah Ta'ala manifests his mercy to him. So he should benefit from that and also we should benefit from this other means that Allah Ta'ala has given us that when we are not able to benefit directly from the company of that Prophet of God or that Khalifa then we should be mindful of reciting the Holy Quran and studying the Holy Quran and its tafsir because we will in one way or the other be inspired by the ayat of Allah Almighty and learn the kitab and the hikmah so all three of these things will lead to tazkiyah the one point that you know, one of the, a few of the Buzurgan and Rabbah had made to our class when we went there during our refresher course after Jamia was that they said that you have learned the Aqaid good. You, 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 you're taught the Aqaid and you have a good hold on them. But you need to study Sira so that you can be inspired. Because without Sira and without studying it, then you will not have that fire in your heart which is necessary for spirituality to exist. So Sira is essentially the ayat of Allah Ta'ala. This is why Allah Ta'ala describes so many stories of prophets of God. And when we read other Sira of Awliyaullah, of Sahaba, of the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, of Hazrat Masih it has a completely different effect than reading doctrines. When we read books in our literature about doctrines, it's educational, but it's not inspiring. You can learn all you want to about Hayate Masih or Wafate Masih or arguments against Christians or atheists and all these things. It'll increase our knowledge. It'll be Yuwalli Muhammad Kitaba wal Hikmah. But we won't be inspired because the ayat of Allah Ta'ala won't be there. So we have to get a spiritual helping in our meal of ayat of Allah Ta'ala. And this comes in the form of a book through reading Sirah through reading the stories of prophets of God in the Holy Quran and being inspired by them and those who are awliyaullah in the past. And also in the direct sense it means of developing a relationship with the Khalifa and having a love for the Khalifa of the time and the present time and being able to benefit from his company. So that is the way in which the ayat of Allah Ta'ala can be a source of benefit for us. So with these points we'll end today's daris. Uh, we have uh, two minutes, uh, two and a half minutes until iftar and so now we'll go for the breaking of our fast. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Ali Muhammad wa barik wa sallim inna ka hamidun majeed.